Uh, hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm Mindong. 12 days away from 2020 season. Yeah, less than two weeks. Time's really flying by. Uh, a lot of very important stuff has happened in these past 24 hours and 48 hours, I guess. Uh, and yesterday, if you did not see, uh, Chet Holmgren and Monty Bates played against each other. It was a very nice game. A couple other good games went on as well last night, all on ESPN2. And I tuned into all three of those. A lot of very good games, and I was just excited with what I saw. Yeah, um, that was a pretty, pretty cool games. Um, personally, I watched Thursday Night Football because I had a couple guys on my fantasy team. Uh, they did not perform to expectations, obviously. But, yeah, um, I watched as much as I can. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just knowing those guys are the future, it's just very good for college basketball, hopefully, and obviously the NBA because that is the final goal for a lot of these players, and they'll definitely make it there eventually. So I'm just excited to see what they can do. But without further ado, I think we just get right things off with the uh, breaking news. So, uh, yeah, we actually have a lot of pieces of breaking news today, some recruiting, some transfer, uh, some waivers, and a couple of very disappointing pieces of breaking news as well. So without further ado, let's kick things off with some recruiting news. Uh, first up, 2021 four-star recruit Arthur Kamula has committed to UNLV, 6'8 power forward from Arizona, chooses UNLV over Kansas, Syracuse, Arizona State, Arkansas, and many others. Ranked just inside the top 40 for the class of 2021, top 15 for power forwards. Joins four-star Zion Collins and three-star Keyshawn Gilbert. And uh, UNLV, they've had a ton of success in the past few years in the recruiting classes. Obviously, we talked about them last episode in our Mountain West preview, and they had one of the best recruiting classes coming in for this upcoming season. So uh, with that being said, do you think they'll be number one in 2021 for recruiting classes? Yeah, um, I think we've said this already, but yeah, definitely. And, yeah, UMV, they've become a hot spot for recruits. Like you said, they have two four-stars now and a three-star. Um, and it's crazy how they might even surpass a lot of Pac-12 programs for, for the recruiting rankings. Yeah, that is very, that is very crazy. And uh, obviously the Pac-12 is today. But uh, that race between those two conferences for recruitings, it should be very good. Obviously some Pac-12 schools have already gotten some five-stars coming in there. But uh, – I mean, UNLV is making a very good case for some very good recruits in their program. So we'll definitely see what happens uh, as more recruits start to pile in. But uh, we got some two more coming up, so I'll kick things off to you. Yeah. Um, next, 2021 four-star recruit Trey Alexander has committed to Auburn. Uh, 6'4 shooting guard from Oklahoma, and he chooses Auburn over Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Georgia, and many others. Uh, ranked inside the top 65, top 15 for shooting guards, and joins five-star Jabari Smith. Is this a good addition here for Bruce Pearl and company? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, you saw what happened this upcoming season. They're getting some guys like Shreve Cooper and a couple other guys coming in. And uh, it's just kind of led by one five-star, one very high five-star, and then a lot of very good four-stars around them. So uh, this is definitely the case here right now for Auburn in 2021. Obviously, Jabari Smith being that five-star high guy. And Trey Alexander just filling in as another four-star coming into the program. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'll get some more recruits along the way. But uh, Auburn, for the recruiting classes, they've been very good these past couple of years. And I expect 2021 to be a very good one, despite uh, they already have two guys. So we'll definitely see more coming into this program for 2021. Yeah, definitely. Um, they've, they've got a lot of underclassmen out of the roster this year. And, they've, and Bruce Perot, he's got to be very selective with who he's bringing in next year. So very good choices here. Yeah, and we'll talk about Auburn in our next episode, the final uh, conference preview, which is the SEC conference. 
And uh, final piece of recruiting news, 2021 five-star recruit Bryce McGowan's has committed to Nebraska. Six-six shooting guard from South Carolina. He was originally committed to Florida State, as most of you may know, but he actually decided to decommit and he finally chooses Nebraska as his new home. Uh, obviously choosing Nebraska over Georgia, Michigan, LSU, and he put Florida State back in his uh, final five, but uh, obviously he probably wasn't going to go back there. I mean, we've seen it before in the past, obviously with Patrick Tate and stuff like that, but uh, in this case I don't think it was too certain. Uh, just ranked inside the top 25 for the class of 2021, top five for shooting guards, highest recruit in Nebraska school history, and this is their first ever five-star recruit going to Nebraska. So that definitely tells you something about Fred Hoiberg and his coaching staff. And uh, obviously joining his now brother, hopefully in 2021, Trey McGowan's, who did uh, transfer there from Pitt. So uh, those two guys will hopefully be playing uh, next season. So uh, sort of saw this one coming, but uh, what are your thoughts on this recruit here? Yeah, obviously, I feel like we both saw this coming. And Fred Hoiberg, he's doing the same exact thing he did when he was at Iowa State, brought in a bunch of transfers, highly successful that season. And then all of a sudden, the recruit just started piling in for him. And so I'm seeing the same exact thing he had in Nebraska. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. And you saw all the transfers coming into Nebraska. Obviously, they want that program to be a very good one, and it's definitely going to turn around relatively soon. 2021 might be the year that it actually turns around. But uh, a lot of other good schools in the Big Ten, uh, they've gotten a ton of very good recruits. And most of these high recruits are going to the Big Ten. So uh, that, that recruiting battle there should be a very good one for 2021. Michigan, obviously, Michigan State, and a couple other teams have made some very good moves already for 2021 in the Big Ten. So we'll definitely see what happens with Nebraska and a couple of these other teams making some good strides already. Mm -hmm. And now we're up to waivers. Our one waiver for today, NJIT's Antoine Butler has received a waiver to play this upcoming season. He's a transfer from Austin Pay, an average six and a half points, two rebounds, three assists this past season. Very good addition for this team. Uh, NJIT, they're ranked seventh for me, fifth for you in our America East rankings. Any changes here? Yeah, I mean, I think fifth's a very good spot for them. Obviously, you might have had them a little too low originally, but uh, it was our first ever conference preview, and uh, it feels like a long time ago we did that, and obviously it was because it was the first one we ever did. So, uh, yeah, I mean, full things come around, uh, full circle. So, uh, yeah, I definitely keep NJIT here at number five. Very excited to see what they can do in their first year in the America East. So I'm just going to keep them here at number five. Mm -hmm. I had America East previewed. That was my very first bold prediction as well. I had UNH winning that conference. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of NJIT, I think I'm going to move them one or two spots higher. Um, he's definitely going to be a, a starting shooting guard, and he's going to form that elite backcourt with Zach Cooks. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Zach Cooks hopefully going to be an all-conference player his first year in the America East. Uh, I'm very excited to see this America East play out. Obviously, Vermont is still there, but you think UNH is going to win that one? Definitely disagree with you there, so we'll definitely see what happens in the America East. And uh, on to some very disappointing news, and uh, we have two pieces of breaking news left, and then obviously the Pac-12 conference preview begins. Uh, this one is a very surprising one. The Ivy League has announced that they will cancel their winter season sports through and through the spring, obviously concluding the 2020-2021 basketball season. Uh, many of the top guys obviously already transferred out, and, but many players, very talented players, remained in this Ivy League. One of them notably being Paul Atkinson, who was both of our player of the years for, from Yale. Uh, this is very disappointing news, obviously, for all of college basketball. And the good thing is, I guess, some new auto bids are granted since the loss of the Ivy. Obviously, the Ivy did have a spot reserved for 
thumb for the winner of the conference. So now that actually just transfers over to an auto bid. So another team from another conference can win that one, which is pretty good, I guess. I mean, we kind of saw this one coming, but like it's still pretty good just to get another bid for a team that's very talented. Uh, but obviously this is very sad news. Ivy League obviously canceled their fall sports first. And back all the way in March, they were the first uh, conference to cancel their uh, conference tournaments. So uh, this is very inter- interesting news because we don't know what's going to happen with these other conferences that follow the Ivy. And usually the Ivy makes the first decision, and then a lot of guys start to follow it. So uh, with that being said, do you think other conferences will follow these Ivy trends, uh, hopefully for this season? Yeah, um, so the Ivy League, they're definitely very well-educated people. Um, but, yeah, uh, Ivy League, like you said, all, always the first one to make their decisions. And the second one that always makes their decisions following the Ivy is the Patriot League, which is known as the little brother of the Ivy League now. So I won't be surprised if the Patriot League does also make the same decision the Ivy League does, even though I think it's very unlikely. But, yeah, just very sad news. And Ivy League, they're very strict on their student-athletes. It's four years and you're out. There's no no red shirt year, no no nothing. Yeah, I mean, this, this season should definitely be a very interesting case to see what the Ivy League does. I think they probably will grant all these players another year, we hope. But, uh, honestly, we're not too sure as of right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the hopes is that only the Ivy League is the one that only cancel. Obviously, the Patriot League is very on the fence now that the Ivy League is gone. So that's definitely an interesting decision there with 12 days left until the season begins. And uh, for those teams that are supposed to play the Ivy in uh, non-conference games and maybe even the Patriot League, what happens for those teams? They're going to have to scramble once again to find some more non-conference games because uh, they're definitely scheduled at somewhere at some point. So uh, definitely a very interesting decision there for the Ivy League with 12 uh, days left. So I'm not too sure if the Patriot League will cancel now that there's only 12 days left. But um, honestly, a lot can happen in those 12 days. So we'll definitely see what happens with the Patriot League now. Mm-hmm. And the last piece of breaking news, the AP preseason All-American team is out. Here's who's on the first team. There are six guys. Uh, first off, Luke Garza of Iowa. Next, Jared Butler of Baylor. Ayo Dumunsu. Dusunmu of Illinois. Corey Kispert of Gonzaga. Remy Martin of Arizona State. And Cade Cunningham of Oklahoma State. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, this is very interesting. On obviously, uh, uh, two guys from the Big Ten, or sorry, Big Twelve, and uh, honestly, two guys from the Big Ten as well. And uh, that's very interesting news there. But uh, I'm the one guy I'm very surprised about is Cade Cunningham. Obviously, he's an incoming freshman. He has not played a single game of college basketball yet. So uh, I'm very surprised that they put him on this AP All American first team. Uh, honestly. I think he's a very talented player, obviously the number one recruit in the class. But as a freshman putting on this preseason All-American list for the first team, I think it's a very big stretch. Honestly, I think he could be a second or third team guy for the preseason at least. But uh, we'll definitely see what happens with him. But the rest of these guys, very comfortable with. I like all these guys as preseason All-American team. So uh, that's the one change I make is Cade Cunningham on that list. But regardless, those other five guys, I'm definitely very happy with that list. Yeah, um, Luca Garza, he was the only unanimous decision vote um, but the other other five they could be a toss-up obviously I like those four and Kate Cunningham uh, clearly everyone has very high expectations for him and I just hope that he meets those expectations or even exceeds them yeah I definitely think he'll meet them hopefully meet them but uh, honestly a lot of things could happen in your first year in college basketball so uh, definitely a very big question mark there but 
I think he will be able to exceed those expectations. I mean, he's the number one recruit in his class for a reason. So I'll definitely see that as the season goes on for Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. So uh, without further ado, the uh, Pac-12 Conference Preview, the second-to-last conference preview uh, for this 2020-2021 season. Uh, and this one was a very tough one as well. Obviously, we kind of have a similar top three and bottom three, but anywhere in the middle, very difficult to rank. And uh, would you agree with that statement? Very difficult. Yeah. So uh, I think without further ado, we should just kick things off. Player of the year, Dark Horse. And uh, if you had to make a guess, how many teams do you think would be in this conference? I, I honestly have no clue. I believe 11, 12. Well, well, it is called the Pac-12, so you assume that there'd be 12 teams, but uh, it's okay. It's it's definitely changed over the years, but uh, yeah, 12 teams today, if you do not get on that memo. So uh, without further ado, let's kick things off with your player of the year. Yeah, obvious decision here. I'm playing it safe this this conference. It's Mr. Remy Martin, uh, the first, th- the preseason All-American, uh, just a terrific guy. He was an all-conference player last year, tested the waters, and Man, he was quiet until the very last day of the deadline, and he, he finally decided to come back. Uh, 19 points, three rebounds, four assists, one and a half steals last year. Uh, he would definitely be their best player and be their leader. And, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of good things from him in this year, and clearly the media is too. Yeah, I'm definitely with the media and you here. Remy Martin's definitely my player of the year. However, there are many, many runner-ups uh, behind him, and they're not that too far behind him. And one of those guys I have is my runner-up, Oscar Da Silva from Stanford. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of guys you can put here, but I'm putting Da Silva here. Definitely one of the top guys going into this season for the conference. He was an all-conference player last year, averaged 16 points a game, six and a half rebounds, one and a half assists per game this past season. Uh, he's just looking to do it all again for Stanford. Obviously, their second option, Tyrell Terry, is gone. So it's kind of just Da Silva's show. And although they got some new guys coming in, Da Silva's running the show at Stanford. And he's going to take them as far as he can. So I'm definitely excited to see what he can do in his final year at Stanford. Yeah, the Silva's a great player. Um, we were actually had some contact with him. Unfortunately, he's a very busy man and could not make it to uh, the studio and join us on an episode. But Oscar, if you're watching this, we love you. Yeah, I mean, we, he, 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 he did reach out. He, uh, we also asked for something else. Did reach out to that. So definitely appreciate him. And hope he's doing well. And obviously, 12 days left. He's definitely prepared. He's definitely ready. And I'm excited to see what he can do at Stanford this year. Yeah. Um, so let's get to our, our dark horse now. Um, my dark horse is Cal. Um, technically, they're in year two of the rebuild with Coach Fox. But it seems like they've been in year 20 of the rebuild. But last year, they seemed to meet their expectations. Uh, this year, I expect a, a small jump. But they lose two starters. They return a a star in Bradley who, who was a preseason all-conference player. And if they can have a couple more guys emerge, either starters or bench, they, they can take a big leap this year. Yeah, my dark horse is a very bold take here. I'm going with Utah. And uh, obviously Utah did lose their second option. I started both Gatch, both Gatch. Honestly, transferring out to Minnesota, we know this. But uh, the rest of Utah's rotation does return from last season. And one of those guys is going to emerge as that top option, as he did last year, Timmy Allen. He definitely has a chance to be an all-conference player this year in the Pac-12. And uh, something we did not mention, the uh, all-conference preseason team for the Pac-12 has 10 players on it, which is pretty absurd. But uh, Timmy Allen was one of those 10 guys on that list. So uh, he's definitely in the race for that all-conference first team. 
And uh, the big question here is who's going to step up besides him. Honestly, both Gash was that guy last year. But I definitely have the pieces to find a couple other guys to step up alongside Jimmy Allen. So I'm definitely excited to see who that might be. So for that reason, I got Utah as that sleeper team and my dark horse for this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's get to our main ranking, starting from 12 to 1. Number 12, very easy decision here. I believe it was an agreement. It's Oregon State. Um, they have seen very little success under Coach Tinkle. And now with his son, his son Trey's Tinkle gone, uh, I have no words. Um, they're just going to have to attempt at another rebuild. Yeah, our bottom three is the same. So I do have Oregon State here at number 12 as well. I mean, they had, an, they had an okay season last year. I mean, honestly, the record didn't really show that, but they had an okay season, obviously led by Trace Tinkle, like you said. I think they're definitely going to need to do some other good things for this year. They want to be pretty good. The good news is they bring back their second option, Ethan Thompson. He's definitely going to be the top option this year with Trace Tinkle gone. So uh, besides him, I don't really know who's going to be on that rotation scoring for them. So, yeah, I just think it's going to be a rebuild year for Oregon State. That's why we both have them here at number 12. Mm -hmm. uh, number 11, Washington State. Um, this program has very also seen very little success, even though they did have a couple upsets last year. Um, but this year, their star, C.J. Ellaby, he's now gone to the draft, surprisingly. But they bring in a lot of good recruits, especially from outside the country. This team's very young, and I can definitely see this team being successful in a couple of years. But this year, not their year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement as well. Washington State, definitely number 11, bottom three team here. This team could do a lot for the future, like you said, bringing in six new uh, recruits for this upcoming season, which is just very good. And obviously the loss of LB definitely hurts this team. The second option in Bonton does return. But uh, besides that, I think it's just a rebuild year for Washington State. But like you said, give them a couple of years and this team could be a very good team and one of the best in the Pac-12. So definitely watch out for Washington State in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, number 10, I have Washington here. Uh, they were one of the most hyped up teams last year. They were, I believe, a top 10 team preseason. Am I right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and with that duo of Jalen McDaniels and Isaiah Stewart, both top 10 high school guys, um, they finished last last year. And part of the reason of this was just they both underwhelmed, but also the suspension of Nas Carter, which is carried over to this season. Um, maybe if Carter could figure things out in the classroom, I would definitely move, move Washington up a couple spots, but uh, they're just not as talented as last year, even though they got Eric Stevenson from Wichita State coming in, and I expect a, another bad season here. Yeah, I definitely agree with this statement. Washington definitely here, a bottom three team at number 10. Obviously, like you said, very disappointing season last year after being so hyped up. McDaniels and Stewart now gone. We thought Carter was going to be this guy to step up, but honestly, uh, you know what happened to him. He's getting suspended by the team. So uh, now it's up to Quade Green, I guess, as the top option now, unless Carter does come back midway through the season, which is still, like I said, unlikely. But um, obviously the transfers here, like you said, Cole Bajima from Michigan, Eric Stevenson from Wichita State. Those two guys should be a very good addition to Washington. But uh, if I'm being honest, I don't know how it's going to fare out for them. Definitely a bottom three team in my eyes. You might even move them down one spot lower. Washington State and Washington could definitely flip-flop. Uh, but Washington, if they can figure things out, who knows if they can move up a couple spots. I don't think they can move up maybe one. But the ceiling's right around here. Uh, sorry, the potential's right around here at number 10. I don't see them going any higher or lower than that, really. Mm -hmm. uh, number nine, I have Utah here. Um, they look like a very solid team until, like we said, Sir Boat Gash decided to transfer. Uh, the bodies do have a very good core. 
and their best player, Timmy Allen's uh, returning. That's just a big hole that uh, both Gash left here. Yeah, I definitely see that. I mean, the rest of the rotation does return besides him, but I obviously see how they fare out without him because he was a very big piece to their rotation last year. Uh, my number nine is Cal, your dark horse team. Uh, this team is definitely in a sort of rebuild this year. Once again, lose two stars and a few role players as well. Top option does return in Bradley, who can definitely be a star in this conference in his final two years at Cal. Hopefully, I mean, he could transfer out, but the hope is he's going to be there. And so uh, this team definitely lacks some depth, I think. But uh, go, that's a big question going into the season. But regardless, I think Cal can have an all right season last year. I mean, they've been a pretty disappointing team in all of the Pac-12 for these past couple of years. So we'll definitely see what happens. I mean, they have a very good chance to be a legit team, middle of the Pac team in the Pac-12. So I'll definitely see if they can do it. I definitely think they can. So, yeah, I'm just going to watch out for them and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Cal one spot above you at number eight. Obviously, this is my dark horse. I don't know where they finished. I believe it was somewhere around 10th. But the teams below them this year are just absolutely horrendous, in my opinion. So they're definitely going to take a jump. It's a little harsh calling them horrendous, but uh, I guess I guess you're not really wrong. But, uh, yeah, number eight, I do have Colorado here. Uh, Colorado returns their top option, McKinley Wright, uh, but he does lose his partner in crime and Tyler Bay, who has declared for the draft. Besides Wright, they do return two other stars as well and most of their bench as well. Colorado team, I think it's a very low floor, but the ceiling is very untapped yet. Honestly, last year they had a pretty solid year, having some very good upsets, but some very uh, bad losses as well in the Pac-12. So, uh I'll be excited to see what they can do with McKinley Wright returning. He's definitely going to lead this team as far as he can. And like I said, that potential is definitely untapped. So who knows how, how good this team can be this year. Yeah, um, I have Colorado one spot above you at, at number seven. Um, like you said, they lose Bay, but they, they bring back Wright. And last year, they, they've been, they were a nationally ranked team the whole season. They're going to have a very favorable seed in the tournament. And it was going to be their year to at least make a deep run or at least upset someone. Uh, but, yeah, they lose another starter outside of Bay and some of their bench, if not most. Uh, but they do have a very solid recruiting class coming in. But in reality, it's truly a hard team to project right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement as well. And for that reason, that's why I put Utah at number seven ahead of Colorado. This team's obviously my dark horse. Uh, although they lose, obviously, both gaps, like you said, uh, and I've said as well. Um, I think this Utah team can be an all right team. Obviously, Timmy Allen, Timmy Allen coming back. And uh, like I said earlier, the biggest question here is who's going to step up besides him. I'm not too sure who it's going to be as of right now, but I, I definitely think as the season goes on, they're going to find some guys to step up alongside Timmy Allen. So uh, that's just the big question there for Utah. But regardless, I think they're going to find someone to fill in that role very nicely. So that's why I got Utah here at number seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, I have Arizona here. Arizona, they've always been one of the top teams under Sean Miller. But last year, I don't know, something just happened. Um, they lose their top six, but they bring in a bunch of international recruits. They bring in a huge class of transfers as well. And that's something we haven't seen much with Coach Sean Miller. He normally brings in uh, five stars, four, high four stars. So it's something different we've seen in this Arizona. But th- there's, there's a lot of potential here. Uh, but this year, I don't know, very – very low floor, but high ceiling. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement as well. Uh, I do have Arizona one spot ahead of you, so I'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, I do have USC here at number six. Honestly, USC had a very underrated season last year, finishing top at third in the Pac-12 last year. Obviously led by Neko Gonku, who is a lottery pick this year in this year's draft. And uh, However, USC does bring in another very big and elite 
big man, and uh, obviously Evan Mobley. He's a guy that we haven't really talked about these past couple months, and he's a he's a top three recruit in that class of 2020. And I don't know, he's just kind of an AFK, I guess. I mean, no one's really talked about him. They've talked about all these other guys, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green. They talked about all these other guys, but everyone talked about Evan Mobley since then. But uh, seven foot big man coming into this team, going to be a very big presence for them this year. And uh, this team does lose a lot. Many of these guys transferred out, but they do bring in some good transfers as well, led by Drew Peterson coming in from Rice. So um, I think USC is a very skeptical team this year. I think they can move up a couple spots, but uh, I don't think they get any lower than number six. So that's why I got them here at number six right now. Mm-hmm. I have USC at number five. Um, they finished top three last year, but that was only enough to get them in the bubble talk. Um, they lose lottery pick and probably top five, I would say, uh, Algonku, but they bring in another elite big man, like you said, and Evan Mobley. Um, they lose some rotation guys, but like you said, some solid transfers will compensate for that, and they should be in the bubble talk to start the season. Yeah, I definitely think they will be as well. And uh, like I said, I got Arizona here at number five. Despite losing their top six in a very shaky season last year, they're bringing a ton of new guys to this program, uh, whether it be recruits, international recruits, or even transfers. And those transfers are led by, obviously, James Akinjo, coming in from Georgetown, a very lethal player at Georgetown, looking to make a very big impact in his first year at Arizona. And uh, the recruiting class, like I said, a very good one, led by seven recruits, uh, five of them being four stars. And uh, this is probably one of the best uh, recruiting classes this offseason for the Pac-12. I think it was the best one and ranked for the Pac-12. So uh, we'll definitely see how that translates into the season. And they're definitely relying on that heavy and Sean Miller squad. So uh, if this year's not their year, next year definitely could be because they got even more guys coming in for 2021. So definitely watch out for Arizona in the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, number four, I have Stanford here. Um, they lost Tyrell Terry, but they're still scary good. I've had them in my top 25 in and out until until Terry departed, and then I had them out of my top 25. But they're still a top 35 team. Zaire Williams arrives. He's their best recruit ever to come. Uh, they still have their rotation intact. They still have the Silva. I just watch out for this team, and they're definitely in contention for this Pac-12. Yeah, I do have Stanford here at number four as well. Uh, this is a team I also had in and out of my top 25 for a while. And then obviously losing Terry definitely hurts. But uh, this team does compensate with a very good recruiting class. Obviously, like you said, led by the highest recruit in school's history, Zaire Williams. He's up going to be a very nice piece alongside Oscar DeSilva, like who we mentioned earlier. So, um, yeah, although they do lose Tyrell Terry, Williams definitely compensates, like I said. A couple other guys coming into this team as well, who are some pretty good recruits as well. So uh, this Stanford team, I think, is definitely a sleeper team, definitely a top-five team in the Pac-12 this year. And uh, who knows if they can uh, compete against these top three teams because these top three teams are very lethal, and they're all ranked inside the top 25 for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, approaching the top three, I have Oregon at number three. Um, they lose their heart and soul in Peyton Pritchard. He was, he was a phenomenal watch last year, but now they do have a, a massive amount of depth and just a whole bunch of above-average players. Uh, no star, but nonetheless, they will be in the tournament. They will be a nationally ranked team at some point, and this is just a very good team, and I'm excited to watch this team. Yeah, I mean, they already are nationally ranked, I guess, if you want to call it that. Obviously, this team is in the preseason AP poll. Uh, I don't know exactly the rank, but I know it's around the 20s somewhere, but uh, don't get me wrong. They're definitely a top 25 team this year. Alongside UCLA, who I have at number three, uh, obviously UCLA had a tremendous turnaround last season finishing second in the Pac-12, 
pretty much deciding to run it back, bringing back their top seven out of eight guys on last year's rotation. Alongside that, they're bringing in a very good transfer in Johnny Juzang from Kentucky. So UCLA, definitely a ranked team, like I just said. So I'm definitely excited to see what they can do. And that turnaround, definitely a very good one last year. And they're looking to just build off of that. Yeah. Um, number two, I have Arizona State here. Um, Arizona State obviously returns Remy Martin, Alonzo Verge, and a bunch more. Uh, but they bring in two elite recruits in Bagley and, and Josh Christopher. Uh, they deserve to be a nationally ranked team. And they do have a shot at a national championship. But that big man presence, that's probably going to be the most important thing now. If Romella White were to stay, I would have had them easily as the number one team. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement as well. So I have Arizona State here at number two. Uh, easily a top three team in the Pac-12 this year. Obviously, they are ranked in the preseason AP poll as well. Bringing in back a very good core, like like we mentioned earlier, led by Remy Martin, who is an elite player in all college basketball. And watch out because their recruiting class is a pretty good one, obviously, led by top 10 recruit Josh Christopher. And uh, they got a lot of very good pieces coming back as well. Uh, Alonzo Verge and Bagley, uh, a couple of other guys like that. So, uh, yeah, and also the transfers are pretty good, led by Holland Woods coming in from Portland. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they obviously, if they did have Romello White, this team, I'd probably rank them a top 10 team in all college basketball for the upcoming season. So, uh, unfortunately, that's just not the case. Things happen that way. So, for that reason, I got Arizona State here at number two, but they're still going to be a very good team, regardless of losing White. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I have UCLA as the number one spot. Uh, huge turnaround last year. They were going to be the two seed after like something like Providence, like Providence College situation. They had four quad four losses, and they were still going to be the two seed in the conference tournament and probably almost – probably, I don't even know, most likely going to make the tournament. Um, this year they returned all but one rotation guy, but that will be compensated with Johnny Juzang. Uh, Mick Cronin, he's getting paid top three month uh, salary for a reason and that is to lead this story program to another Pac-12 title. Yeah, and uh, my number one team, I'm rolling with the top dogs. I got the sweatshirt on. I'm rolling with Oregon this year once again. Uh, I think this team just remains the top team in the Pac-12 despite what they did lose. Obviously lost a ton of veterans on this team, led by, obviously, uh, Player of the Year, Peyton Pritchard and Francis Okoro, and even C.J. Walker, who was a freshman, but he was a very big piece to that Oregon team last year. However, like you said earlier, the depth is definitely there. Bring back a lot of key pieces led by Will Richardson, Chris Duarte, and hopefully Nafali uh, Dante hopefully is healthy this year. He only played in about 19 games last year, so hopefully he will be healthy for this year. And uh, you can't forget about the transfers, man. These, these transfers are very good, and if they can get one of them a waiver, this, they, this team can be even better. And uh, those transfers are obviously Hardy coming in from UNLV, Oyamori coming in from Rutgers, and potentially that waiver, like I said, from LJ Figueroa coming in from St. John's. So uh, this team's a very scary one, the Pac-12 and all of college basketball. So that's why I have Oregon here as my top team. Mm -hmm. And that concludes today's episode or probably conference preview. Our next conference preview and our last conference preview will be the SEC. I'm pretty excited for that one. Yeah, I am too. And uh, you finally got some merch to rep once again after the Temple hat. The merch for you has been kind of lackluster, but uh, that is not your fault. But you do have some merch coming for our next episode. Definitely excited to see it. And uh, SEC, very competitive conference, so I'm definitely excited to rank that one as well. Mm -hmm. And the draft, that's in less than a week, uh, six days to be exact. So that's coming by fast, too. I'm pretty excited to see who gets drafted 
like the order, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And uh, draft episode will be coming out probably after the SEC preview. Uh, we don't know where we're going to put that yet, if we'll do it on live, if we'll actually make it a real episode or not. But uh, we'll definitely keep you guys posted, and uh, we'll definitely get a draft out. We're planning on doing just the first round and uh, maybe a rundown of the second round, but probably not. We're just going to keep it the way we have been doing our mock drafts. But, yeah, it's definitely been a while since we did those, and we said we'd do another one after a lot of the combine and pro days came. And uh, those are kind of coming uh, coming through, and uh, so we definitely think it's time to do another mock draft, obviously, with six days left until the draft. Yeah, yeah, 12 days until the season begins once again. I'm, I can't wait. Yeah, and the, the hope is all, the rest of these teams uh, are going to be playing. Obviously, the loss of the Ivy League is a very hurtful one, but uh, – if everyone else stays in it, we should be all right to go. I mean, the tournament's going to happen regardless of which conferences are playing or not. The tournament doesn't care. The tournament's just going to be played. So uh, I'm very excited to hopefully finally watch this tournament once again in March. But uh, you know that it is always March on our channel. So we're excited for every single college basketball game coming up uh, in 12 days. Mm -hmm. And we hope to ramp up our schedule as well, our uploading schedule as well, once the season starts. And hopefully we can finally do, do some episodes in the same room. Yeah, that would be the goal. And uh, a lot of stats and standings coming out very soon, obviously. Uh, we're, gonna, we're excited to watch a lot of these upset games, hopefully, and a lot of these buzzer beaters and all that good stuff that we have missed out for so long. But uh, it is finally coming back within 12 days. And, man, oh, man, I know you're excited, and I know I'm excited as well. And for those of you watching, you're probably excited as well. So uh, college basketball, it's finally coming back. 12 more days. It's almost here. The countdowns are ready. The countdowns are almost done. And, oh, yeah, it's finally coming back. Yeah. And uh, once again, thank you guys for all your support, all the love. Uh, please stay safe out there. Please stay healthy. And it's always March. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for watching.